The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a Deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Time again, time for the Buck Blue Show here on the fan 680 and 937 celebrating our 30th anniversary. Can you believe it? Got a big golf trip we're going to tell you about. Got to get signed up before time runs out on you. We are live in the Battery Atlanta. Can listen on 680 AM, 937 FM, 680thefan.com, streaming. You can. Actually, click and watch the show and also get the fan app brought to you by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Listen anywhere, anytime. Hey, all the hip people are doing it. Need to check it out. You miss the show between 10 and 11. You can listen to it anytime. Gang's all here. Road Dog in the house today. DT ready to get to work. On this cool Tuesday, Road Dog ran into some traffic on 400 coming down today. Managed to get here on time. I hit the emergency lane one more time. Don't tell anybody. All right, so we got a lot to get to. Short time to get there. Let's get to work. Bucks. Big. Take. Do you know I've only seen Vaughn Grissom play one major league game at shortstop? And you have two. Just one. But I'm buying in. Can he replace Dansby Swanson? Well, that that part gets complicated. Swanson was an all-star. Swanson hit. Swanson flashed the leather. Swanson was a uh, was the de facto team leader this past season in the locker room in the clubhouse. Man, it's tough to replace a guy doing all those things. Playing a premier position at shortstop also. Grissom made a positive first impression with me last season during that 41 game run when Ozzy Albies went down injured. Most of the time Vaughn Grissom was swinging the bat holding down second base, and looking like he belonged. You know, you see some of these minor leaguers, they get called up, and they looked overwhelmed. Some of them look overwhelmed. Not Vaughn Grissom. He looked like he belonged in the big leagues, in the show. The job did not seem too big for the then 21-year-old. Now he's, he's showing up in Northport, expecting to earn the shortstop job, and I believe he will. Now, there are doubters out there, probably the same guys that were doubting Stetson Bennett. There are doubters wondering if Vaughn can defend at an elite level because of his size. I kid you not. 
They look at him and they say, okay, Von Grissom, he's 6'3", 210 pounds, big build for a major league shortstop. If he wins the job or shares the job with Orlando Arcia, Snitker will most likely have Vaughn hitting near the bottom of the lineup. So no pressure to put up big numbers. My advice would be focus on swinging at strikes and putting the ball in play. Now on defense, I don't need to see anything spectacular. For me, the baseball fan, the Braves guy, I just would like to see him go out and make the plays a shortstop should make. Make the routine plays. I don't need to see you go in the hole and then jump up on, uh, jump up in the air and throw a, a bullet over to first base. I mean, th- those are those are awesome things to see out of your shortstop, but just make the routine plays consistently. That should be enough to win the job in spring training. Now, I'm not the only believer. Coach Ron Washington apparently is a believer, too. And there's your big take as we get the show started today. Yeah, that is the big question as the Braves pack up and get ready for spring training. I mean, they did you know, there's some other minor uh, issues that we'll figure out during spring training, but the major issue entering the season, going down to spring training, can Vaughn Grissom win the shortstop job? DT, you saw him for 41 games. Now, 39 of them were at second base, but what, what was your first impression? Yeah, he seems like a solid defender, but Buck, you really, I really perked up when you said you've only seen Von Grissom play one game at shortstop, and I had to kind of rack my brain. That's surprising because it feels like we, we got a good dose of Vaughn uh, near the end of the season, but as you realize, yeah, it's, I mean, he was just filling in for Ozzy. so yeah, does he have, I mean, he's a natural shortstop, so hope he's got the range, but, but like you said, more worried about just making the routine plays. He doesn't have to worry about producing much. He'll be near the bottom of the lineup almost all the, all the time. So, Yeah, is he going to be an all-star like Dansby? Well, probably not. I wouldn't uh, expect it this in year. this season. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see down the road how it shakes out. i tell you what I really liked about him was he seemed uh, far more mature than your typical 21-year-old. He was a sponge. When they showed the shot of the dugout, Dude was over there talking baseball, it looked like to me. I mean, he was soaking up every little piece of information he could soak up. Also seems like a good, fun-loving guy. Gets along with his teammates really well, so he seems to fit in with the clubhouse very well. Looking forward to seeing more of this. But that is the big story, the big story, heading down to spring training. Got some other things popping out there. Let's find out what's popping. Speaking of the Braves... Saw D.O.B.'s tweet, Chip Carey leaving the Braves in Bally Sports. He's the new Cardinals play-by-play man. And Chip had an 18-year run with the Braves. 18 years. Talk about a really good run. Raised in St. Louis, his grandpa Harry was the Cardinals broadcaster before he went on to call the Cubs games up in Chicago. Want to wish Chip the best? No word on the replacement. 
on the Braves TV broadcast yet. Is that what they were doing this past weekend over there? Or was that the public address announcer they were trying out? Who knows? Maybe somebody caught their eye. That's now, up to the, the folks at Bally, though, I guess, right? They're, they'll be making that decision. Yeah, yeah. So a shakeup with the Braves TV broadcast crew. Who you got, Buck? I'm not sure. I don't think it'll be Dan McLaughlin. You're not, you don't know who Dan McLaughlin is? No comment, yeah. Well, he was the Cardinals play-by-play man on Bally's. Oh, I just did the old switcheroo? Yeah. Well, no, he just got his third DUI oh. in December, so I think he... Maybe that's why Chip's going up there? Well, yeah, I think okay. the I didn't, Cardinals I didn't realize said, that. Yeah. enough is enough, we're going to have to move on. So the job opens up for Chip Carey, who was really popular here covering the Braves. 18-year run, that's really impressive. Came on the show a few times. We appreciate Chip. Wish him the best in St. Louis. And a damn good dog. Yeah, no doubt about it. Got another big story out there. Bill O'Brien back with the Boston Patriots as Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator. Now, the Alabama Crimson Tide fans are thrilled. Most of the fans over there pulling for Alabama are thrilled to see Bill O'Brien go. They weren't impressed. Tough gig, though, trying to look better than Sarkeesian did. With some of the numbers, stats that Sarkeesian's offenses were putting up over at Alabama, O'Brien couldn't duplicate those. A little bit of a drop-off. So who does Saban turn to now? And look, Nick Saban, as Pollock was pointing out on that national championship game broadcast, George has passed Alabama by. Alabama's looking up at Georgia. And here Saban is in a position now to upgrade his coaching staff. I mean, if he gets this right and he finds an offensive coordinator that fits and excels and finds a defensive coordinator that fits and excels, this could boost Alabama's program. And now with O'Brien announcing he's going back to Boston, Saban gets ahead of Kirby Smart. Because if Todd Monken exits Georgia as the offensive coordinator, Saban beats Kirby Smart to the best candidate. Where would Monken be going? Well, we've, we've talked about it. Apparently, he's the top candidate down in Tampa with the Buccaneers to replace Byron Leftwich as their offensive coordinator. This would be the second term for Monken if he did take that job. He was Dirk Cutter's offensive coordinator for three years in Tampa. He's got to keep an eye on that one. O'Brien, he knew he was gone. Saban was aware that he would be hiring a new offensive coordinator. So Saban's been working on this for months. Who he would replace O'Brien with. O'Brien's contract ran out at the end of Alabama's season. So Saban... Knew that. He's probably way ahead of the curve here. List of candidates out there. Jeff Levy, who was with Kiffin over at Ole Miss. Now he's at Oklahoma with Brent Venables. He's only 39 years young. You know, uh, Saban could swap assistant coaches with Belichick. He could bring in Matt Patricia. I would advise against that. 
go from bad to worse. Take another step back. Casey Woods at SMU is getting a lot of uh, looks out there, a lot of talk surrounding him with the points that SMU's been putting up. How about Dan Mullen, Road Dog? Oh, that would be a dream to have Dan Mullen, OC, and Todd Grantham, DC. Yeah, to me every, every day of the week. <laughs> I think Sexton represents Mullen, who didn't exactly thrive as an analyst on ESPN this past season. And don't forget about Joe Brady, NFL assistant coach. Remember him? That great run that, that uh, Coach O and LSU had. Uh, Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator. He was one of the hottest coaching candidates in all of football there for a little while. Yeah, then he went to Charlotte and fed on, uh, fell on his face. Nope. Some of the names being thrown around out there in the media. Nick Saban, a busy man. But he knew what was coming down the road. He's way ahead. And now I'd continue to search for information regarding Todd Monken and his interest in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. Wonder how Kirby would cover that up. Go with Mike Bobo. He's got some kind of medical issue that prevents him from standing up a lot of the day. So I wonder if that would impact Bobo uh, being out at practice every day during the season, standing up, being on his feet the whole time. I guess he could get in a golf cart. I've seen coaches do that through the years, drive around the practice field in a golf cart with a little megaphone. Hey, man, what are you doing? I told you not to do that. Come over here. These coaches, that's the time of the year, man. These coaches are on the run. All right, coming back on the other side, we've got our uh, 680 The Fan legal analyst, Ray uh, Judice, is going to join us. We'll talk about all this legal stuff coming out of Athens, and then we're going to the quarterback club. It's the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Shades on into club. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 
from the Battery Atlanta here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. 10 o'clock hour on The Fan, brought to you by the Howe Barron Law Group. Your champions of personal injury law. If you need to win your personal injury case, go to championshiplaw.com. And we got a big party coming up, man. You're going to come join us. We got the 2023 AFC-NFC throwdown at Padrick. Biggest weekend of the NFL playoffs. He's the return of the biggest party in Atlanta. Join the 680 The Fan staff Sunday, the 29th. Patrick's Vinings for our 22nd annual AFC-NFC throwdown. And, boy, some of these boys are in there throwing down, too. I mean, there's some fun going on. Kick off the day with a live broadcast. Uh, that is 10 to 1, 1 to 3. Then when the conference title games kick off, we're going to be hanging out and see who punches that ticket to the big game. Don't miss the throwdown. The 29th, Patrick's and Vinings with Atlanta's 30-year home for sports. And that would be 680 the fan. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line. Bring on the man. That is our 680 The Fan legal analyst, Ray Judice, joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Ray, uh, how's your day going so far, man? Hey, buddy. Good morning, man. Well, today's a little bit of a work-from-home day. I was in court in Fulton County all day yesterday, so today we're just sort of drinking some coffee and gave the dog a good walk, but I've set aside time to talk to you and your listeners, Buck. Yeah, I've been looking forward to talking with you. Obviously, a lot of uh, information coming out of Athens most of it not good. Uh, just when you think the worst is over, here comes another arrest, Ray. But uh, can, can we uh, talk to you about the tragic car wreck? Absolutely. And uh, just uh, really heart goes out to the Willock family and the LaCroix family, obviously. Really took the joy out of the national championship celebration. And, uh, Ray, last week there's supposed to be some kind of press conference on the steps of the courthouse. I don't believe that ended up going down, but saw where uh, Mr. Willock released a statement to Chip Tower saying, we have no reason to sue the University of Georgia because they're compensating us 100%. Let me just start by saying, Buck, um, in the uh, big dictionary book that we all have in our library, there's a lot of English words, but none of them, none of them, it, you know, touch the grief and the sorrow that every one of us should feel for these families and the university and their friends and loved ones. This is just a tragic loss. And also to the two other folks that were hurt badly in this accident. So I want to want to start with that. Uh, yeah. You know, look, it would be probably the best result if everybody could sit down in a room, all the suits, all the lawyers, the people with the checkbooks and resolve this uh, without litigation, without going to court and depositions and medical records being released, some of which may or may not be flattering. Uh, time will tell on that uh, and move on. I know that the uh, family certainly is hurt. All the families are hurting bad. Uh, and UGA, I know, wants to do the right thing. Now, that being said, uh, sometimes the lawyers and the accountants and the insurance companies are in control. And sometimes they can't come to an agreement. There's no time limit or problem with the time limit, the statute of limitations. And again, this is almost crass to be talking about this, but you called the lawyer, so I'm going to talk like a lawyer. 
The statute of limitations on an injury or death claim is two years from the date of the injury or the death. So there's no shortage of time. There's no back to the wall on this. The insurance doesn't expire or anything like that. So I do appreciate cooler heads prevailing and, and folks maybe sitting down uh, and talking like civilized folks and trying to resolve what is clearly going to be a legal problem. Yeah, at fault, liability, obviously, are big factors here. This young man looked like he would be having an opportunity to play some NFL football. So that obviously is stripped away from him with this uh, tragic accident that went down. Um, what about the seatbelt? We keep hearing about that, Ray. The couple of the, the folks in there uh, not wearing the seatbelt, including Devin Willock. So Georgia has an unusual rule. While you may get a traffic ticket for not wearing a seatbelt, but if you're injured in an auto accident and you weren't wearing your seatbelt, that evidence is actually not relevant and does not come into trial just so that you would have maybe been saved by the seatbelt because it's, it's, it is sort of speculative. Now, uh, I don't think that's going to be a big hindrance to the level of compensation. And again, uh, it's a hard thing to talk about, but we lawyers have to do it, is the value of a life. And you just touched upon it, Buck. Of course, all life has enormous value. But really, we're talking about the economic value of this young man and young lady's wife, a life and the injuries to the other vehicle, uh, passengers in the vehicle. Uh, is it speculative that he would have played in the NFL? Well, it's always speculative. He could hurt his knee over the summer playing beach beach volleyball like uh, another UGA athlete did many years ago and ruined his NFL career or uh, get on a motorcycle accident and playing around. But truly, it is not speculative that he would have been in, had that economic opportunity, uh, and there's a value to that that can be set, especially, as you know, I think all the first-round draft choices is a preset slot value. Uh, so that there's an estimate that can be done. We lawyers bring in the economists, and they do a value of the life over a 74-year life, which is the average life expectancy of a male in the United States, and that includes uh, – pensions and retirements and social security benefits. Again, these are numbers and kind of hard things to gra grapple with when we're talking about such a sad situation, but that's how it's done. Ray, what do you make of all the attention being paid here over the last 48 hours of the visitation to the strip club prior to the accident? Well, well you know, here's the thing. There's another level of liability here. Uh, it's called dram shop. Uh, a dram is a measure of alcohol that back in the English sailing days, seafaring days, if you were a good pirate during the day, you got a dram of rum at the end of the day. And what it means is when you are a host, whether a restaurant or bar or having a backyard barbecue, and if you overserve someone who you may know or have reason to believe may be driving an automobile, you may be liable for contributing to that accident. Now, look, we, we're making... Uh, I don't want to make any assumptions about who was drinking, if anyone was drinking, and what's going to be in the toxicology report. The science will come back, and then we'll know the answers to that. But if I was the lawyer representing the family of this young man on all the parties, I would certainly be trying to reverse engineer the 24 hours prior to this accident. Who was where? What did they may have consumed? Uh, you know, illegal or legal substances, again, trying very hard here on a sensitive topic 
not to impugn anybody's reputation or thoughts. These are all good young people that should have uh, should have had a full life ahead of them. So, but as a lawyer, that's your job to do. So, yeah, the focus absolutely part of the focus. Ray, uh, we got the week started uh, early on Monday morning with the news another Georgia player uh, had been arrested. And that is uh, Ra Ra Thomas, who only uh, just arrived at Georgia as a transfer from Mississippi State, arrested on a felony charge of false imprisonment and a misdemeanor battery uh, family violence charge there, apparently blocking the door to a young lady's dorm room, not not allowing her to leave, uh, allegedly uh, bruised up a little bit. Uh, What do you make of this? Well, again, presumption of innocence to this young man. We don't know all the facts. Uh, as you know, on my weekly visits on Friday with the locker room guys, I always say, you know, let's keep our powder dry. Um, so we've often heard what the story was on day one or day week, first week, and then six months later, it's a different story or not such a full story. False imprisonment is sort of the misdemeanor uh, kidnapping. It means you've restrained somebody from leaving or kept somebody from going to where they want to go. And that's consistent with blocking a door or a room door, not letting someone leave their dorm room, if that's the facts. Uh, hey, any physicality that is unwanted, uh, improper touching is a misdemeanor battery at the minimum. If the injuries are serious, meaning means stitches or a broken bone, then it can be a felony. Uh, if there's any kind of weapon being used, uh, even just an, an, a firm object, like you strike somebody with your economics book upside the head, well, that could be an aggravated assault felony by using that book as as a in an offensive manner. Uh, I always say on these type of cases, uh, it's sort of like your your bicycle running into the tractor trailer uh, when some young lady at school. Uh, is allegedly in a con- physical confrontation with a with an athlete who uh, one day could be a professional athlete. It's kind of unfair. So, but we don't know all the facts. So again, let's wait and see how it turns out. If I'm the folks up at UGA and they've got good lawyers up there, they don't need to tell them. But I think I would maybe uh, have a come to a Jesus meeting with my teammates and my staff and my players and say, fellas, ladies, we this is the University of Georgia. This is this is not who we stand for because they don't. It's a fine, fine, fine university. Yeah, not exactly the first impression you want to make over at your uh, new university. Ray, well, you don't can... forget now, I, I just quickly now, there's a lot of parents out there, and, and I have them and you have them too, friends of ours that are looking to where do they send their young adult to college. And, you know, of course, the academics are number one and the costs are number two. Uh, but also is, you know, what's what's going on up there? I mean, it's always been a school where you could have a good time, but uh, there's a difference between having a good time and losing control. So I'd like to see maybe a, an effort of pulling in the reins a little bit. Ray, thanks for the insight. You can hear Ray uh, every Friday in the morning on the Locker Room Show right here on 680 The Fan. Ray, have a good one. Hey, Buck, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate your time, man. Ray Judice. 680 The Fan legal analyst joined us on the Hobson and Hobson newsmaker line. All right, where are the shades at? Time to go to the club. The shades on in the club. Get those shades on. We heading to the club. The quarterback club. And we're talking Patrick Mahomes today. Playing in the AFC title game, reportedly... 
not practicing as they uh, begin practice here early in the week in preparation for the big game coming up this weekend. A right high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. Likely not to practice this week. Forget practice, Buck. I'm hoping he can walk. Practice? Yeah, he's not practicing and not in any grueling fashion at all this week. Yeah, I would imagine uh, the most he would do is a walkthrough, maybe toward the end of the week. Uh, getting treatment on the injury. Yeah, that's his practice this week. He's spending all his time in the training room, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. And when they do play this game, though, there are going to be some limitations on Patrick Mahomes. Say the Chiefs want to run the ball to his left. Well, he's got to push off on that right ankle to get to the handoff. Think about that stretch run. And part of that stretch run is holding that backside defensive end for yeah. the potential boot or whatever, and that's just completely gone. I would imagine you want to run it left, you better be in the shotgun, and the running back better be on his left side. And so it's going to tip off the defense. You become more predictable in what you're going to do. I would imagine that throwing the full, he's going to have to be in that gun the whole game. I mean, you're never going to see him under the center this coming weekend. With the inability to push off the back foot, he's had the high ankle sprain on the left ankle, which allowed him to plant his back foot on his throwing motion and then step into the throw and deliver the, the pass. Well, he won't be able to do that now with the right ankle injury. You may have seen him after the injury this past weekend, not able to uh, set the back foot and push toward the target. And I would imagine it'll be the same case coming up this weekend. Now, he was able to, you know, get the ball out of there, but not a lot of velocity on the ball. He's going to have to catch and throw, mainly using his upper body. The lower body's out with this high ankle sprain. Again, more predictable offensively. They're going to have to cut back, eliminate some plays in the offense that they would typically want to run because he can't execute the play. Patrick Mahomes, some regard as the best quarterback in the NFL today, but severely limited coming into the showdown with the Bengals. What you going to do? You going to put him in the shotgun and do the best you can. Yeah, even on the passing plays, right, Buck? So he doesn't have to take that five drop, that five-step drop, seven-step yeah. drop, whatever it is. Just be back there in the shotgun. Yeah, it's got to be a lot of short to intermediate stuff, I would imagine. Can't really step into the deep ball or throw lasers intermediate. And even just like on the, on the you know, the, the Chiefs run one of the best screen games in the entire league. They're throwing screens all over the place, and those aren't difficult throws for Patrick Mahomes, but he's typically on the move, right? There's a pump fake involved or manipulating the pocket in some way, and with a gimpy leg, that's going to be difficult. Yeah, and I would imagine Andy Reid's probably in a meeting right now uh, talking about what they can do and what they won't be able to do in this game as far as game planning, scheming, play calling. Going to have to eliminate a lot of these plays you would normally be running. Advantage Bengals. 
who have done a really good job against the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. You got to like the Bengals in this game, right, Buck? Well, as we sit here on Tuesday, I do. Maybe we'll get a pick on Friday, maybe? Oh, yeah, we're going to have to. We're down to two games. Got two picks on Friday. Unless we can come up with another game. We can't do basketball, all right? This is just you want to pick the senior bowl? No. All right, there you go. There's the club. Uh, 680, the fans celebrating 30 years of sports talk dominance. And we're kicking off Generation Fan and our 30th anniversary with the ultimate Hilton Head Golf getaway, hooking you up and three friends with the ultimate golf trip, man. I mean, you're going to get six nights, seven courses, golf vacation courtesy of the fan and America's golf island, Hilton Head Island. Got a six-night stay at Palmetto Dunes Oceanfront Resort, which is awesome. Seven rounds of golf for your foursome at some of the great courses uh, in this area of the country. Harbortown Golf Links. I have never met a golfer that was passionate about golf that did not look forward to or want to play Harbortown Golf Links. You see it every year on the PGA Tour. You're going to get a chance to do that. Palmetto Dunes, that Jones course is awesome. And I've played all these tracks. Oyster Reef, Old South, Hilton Head National. Spent a lot of time there. Bear Creek Golf Club, Golden Bear Golf Club. You're going to play some great golf, man. This is awesome. Plus a $250 Hilton Head Golf Island gift card for each golfer in your group. And How about Infinity of Gwinnett? They've stepped up. Our grand prize winner also Gets to drive to Hilton Head in style with a brand-new QX80. Plenty of room for your golf clubs in there. Get entered now because time is limited. Go to 680thefan.com slash 30 before February 2nd and enter for your chance to win. If you're interested in booking your own ultimate golf getaway, simply go to playthegolfisland.com and get more information. It's time for the roundtable. Can you dig it? The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, 45, 15, 10, 5. Get in there. Touchdown. Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Tracking Todd Monken, the Bulldogs' offensive coordinator, just completed his third season with the Georgia Bulldogs running Kirby's offense. Man, he and Stetson Bennett were awesome together. Now, Stetson's going to have to leave now. He's run out of eligibility. And now some uh, reports out there saying Todd Monken is the number one candidate to jump to the National Football League, go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and replace Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Now, uh, connecting the dots, it doesn't appear as though Tom Brady will be coming back to play for the Buccaneers. Uh, Just the impression his teammates got after the loss to the Cowboys. The best guess that his teammates had was Tom ain't coming back. Time's gone. Looking for somewhere else to play. Gone. Maybe heads up to the booth where he's going to make a ton of money up there calling these games. Is everybody wondering about Brady, who was throwing some expletives away on that podcast he does? Yeah, I saw he said a naughty word there, Buck. Yeah, he was saying 
Some that rhyme with my name, I believe, that uh, <laughs> when asked what his next move was. It, it, in all fairness, it's easy to get upset with Jim Gray pretty easily, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I've been irritated with him for a long time. So Todd Monken would not be, if he jumped to the Bucks. he would be going there and be coaching a new quarterback, the best I can tell. So I think that helps Georgia. I mean, if Tom Brady had committed to come back to the Buccaneers, you think Monken would be jumping all over that? I do. I mean, you got a chance to work with one of the great quarterbacks of all time. But since Brady is reportedly on his way out in Tampa, I think that helps the Bulldogs' cause on hanging up to Todd Monken, which is what they want to do. It's eerily quiet right now regarding this. I've been working the phones, checking some of my uh, reliable contacts close to the Bulldog coaching staff. It's all quiet right now as far as Todd Monken goes. Ian Rappaport is the one that pointed out that Monken is the number one target for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I know Kirby would love to keep him. Uh, that first year may have been a little bumpy as they got to know each other. But I think Monken has come around to uh, actually enjoying working on Kirby's staff and then working with Stetson Bennett. And also, I think he enjoys the $2 million per year that they're paying him over at Georgia which sometimes, most of the time, it seems like, is more than an NFL coordinator's making. So I don't think Monken wants to exit as a coach. Well, you, you take a listen and see what's offered out there, and you make a decision based on that. But eerily quiet right now as it relates to Todd Monken and what his next move is going to be. As I mentioned earlier, Saban's got a little bit of a head start. Monken does leave. Kirby... Uh, a little behind Saban trying to find a replacement. All right, coming back on the other side, man, uh, we're, we're going to talk a little more about Alabama. And, and what has been the problem at Alabama? Has it been the coaching as far as the coordinators go? A little bit of a drop-off there? Or is it something else? I've got the answer to that coming up next. Buck Belusio, live from the Battery Atlanta here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? 
Charles, the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan. Appreciate you hanging out Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Follow up the locker room. They have now left the building. Nick and Chris coming up next. Stay tuned for those guys. They've always got the business of a sports segment each week on The Fan. It's presented by Southern Company. Man, if this impacting business in Atlanta, Nick and Chris have got it. The business of sports presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. And I got some more uh, college football I need to get to. We got time? Mm, tasty. It's time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Never get enough college football. We are the college football voice of the South here on The Fan. And are you wondering about Alabama? What's been up with this drop-off that they have had here in, I don't know, the last three years or so? I mean, they are trending down. What's the cause of that? Well, I've got an idea. Buck Belushio research staff came up with this. It's the defensive line. During that great run Saban had, national titles, left and right, 2009, 2011, 2012, 2015, and 17. Don't forget about 20. They were winning the natty because their defensive line, one of the reasons why they were dominating the scene up front. Defensive linemen, they were starting to call that uh, DLU over there in Tuscaloosa with the domination. But it's been trending down over the last three, four years. The last defensive lineman for Alabama drafted in the first round was in the 2019 NFL draft. So it'd be the 2018 season. For Alabama. That was Quinnen Williams. Remember him? I think the Jets took him. And during that run, they, they uh, for three years in a row, had first-round picks coming off their defensive line. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, I remember. Uh, Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, Quinnen Williams, Raquan Davis. They were absolutely dominating teams in the SEC on the line of scrimmage. Well, over the last three years, no first-round picks on the defensive line. Not dominating the defensive or the line of scrimmage. You want to win in the SEC? Well, you need a defensive line that can control things. And over the last three years, Alabama has not had that. Now, they've had some coming off the edge, like Will Anderson Jr. I'm talking about mixing it up in the interior defensive line. Alabama simply has not had it. Well, just a little note here. Now, you noted, yeah, it's been... A bit of a drought, only for uh, Alabama standards. They haven't won the uh, national championship now in two years. Since Saban got there in 2007, they haven't gone longer than two years without winning a national championship. So, Well, you better beef up that defensive line. Some would tell you, if you believe in the past statistics, that they're due for a national championship. We'll see. Well, 
to you about their defensive line? It's a good question, Buck. You know, as a football player, I know I did. Had so much confidence when you knew that your defensive line was going to be tough to handle. I mean, they were going to take care of business. And I remember thinking, man, I'm glad they're on my team. I'm glad I'm not playing for those those other guys. I feel sorry for them trying to block these dudes. Alabama hadn't had that over the last three years. So a little bit of a reason why you've seen Alabama get passed by Georgia. As David Pollock was pointing out to the broadcaster, Nick Saban, on that national championship game night. And that brings us to the final word. Man, this show goes by fast. Hawks let me down last night with that loss in Chicago. Billy Donovan over there coaching the Bulls. And uh, DeRozan just absolutely killed us late in the game. Knocking down clutch shot after clutch shot. And we had nobody to D up on him. He ended up with 26 in the game. Some big shots he knocked down in the fourth quarter. Where was DeAndre Hunter? Because he would have been the guy that would have been draped on DeRozan. Oh, he oh he had some asthma. Kept him out of the game last night. It just seems like the Hawks were so soft. And when we got guys in and out of the lineup, uh, you see them play one day, and then the next game they're not in there. They play, and then they don't play. Is it the load management? Is that what it is? I'm not a big fan of that load management. Also, the Hawks with 18 turnovers in the game. And I heard Road Dog giving out those Trey Young stats. I didn't hear about all those turnovers he had. Road Dog, 18 turnovers for the Hawks. Dude, you can't win like that. They've lost two in a row. In both games, they had 18 turnovers. I mean, loose with the, can you say loose with the ball? Loose with the ball. Hawks now 24 and 24. And a little bit disappointed with what's going on. And there's your big take. Hey, check out all of our podcasts that we've got. You can check it out at thepodcastpark.com. Brought to you by the Associated Credit Union. Right now, I've got episode 79 up a Bucks Beat. Talking about Stetson's next step, whether he's going to play in the Senior Bowl or not. I mean, the time's running out on that, by the way. Break down this dog's offensive line. Encourage you to get out and check out Bucks Beat. If you have time, check that out. And be back tomorrow for another exciting Buck Baloo show. That's going to do it for me. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 